Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into Nuggets Numbers. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Tuesday early morning. I am recording this at 12.19 a.m. on Tuesday. Uh, it's been been very late night, just trying to catch up on everything, make sure I feel comfortable with the game, understand how things exactly went from last night. Uh, but the Nuggets did, in fact, lose. They lost 124-121. Denver starters played three quarters. I kind of had an inkling that that would happen. Didn't really expect them to go the full game, given that Malone was very adamant about them potentially needing some rest. Um, but on this episode of Nuggets Numbers, first segment, we're going to go over the game in detail. Uh, just different things that I picked up over the course of that time. Uh, next segment, I want to talk about Porter, Jokic, and Murray. Uh, just the dynamic between those three players, how they could impact a team like the Lakers, and then in the third segment, we'll touch on the Gary Harris and Will Barton news that came out, as well as some seeding discussion and playoff matchup discussion that I think is becoming a little bit more prevalent now. The Nuggets have played six games. They're 3-3. Three and three. They only have two games left on their schedule. Most teams have two games left. It's been wild. It's been great. Had a lot of fun with it. We're going to see what happens. So let's get right into the Lakers game now. Um... I'm just going to run through some of the takeaways that I had in my article on Denver Stiffs. Uh, first one was that Jamal Murray's postgame, very fun. A lot of a lot of interesting things going on there. I mentioned in that postgame that he's up to 11 of 14 on the season as a post-up scorer. Kind of a secret weapon of sorts for Denver. You don't expect a guy like Murray to be a post-up threat. But he's been working on that a lot. He's been trying to do his best to be as versatile of a one-on-one scorer as possible. And sometimes that means taking your 6'4 body down into the post and taking advantage of what you think is a mismatch. And today it was Danny Green. Danny Green's a good defender. He's a smart veteran defender. And Jamal Murray's 23 and took him to the woodshed. It was kind of impressive to see. Uh, He went 3 of 3 tonight. Two fadeaways. Had a really nice hesitation move that got... Green off of his feet or at least off balance and got Murray into the lane. Very impressive stuff. Something that we we haven't seen a ton of from Murray, but when he's broken it out, he's been really good. Like I said, 11 of 14 now on the season. He was in the 96th percentile on post-ups before tonight, and he went 3 of 3. So keep in mind that tidbit. That's going to be really interesting, I think, going forward with this Nuggets group. He's uh he's not the guy that you expect you would expect to be a mismatch weapon, but in the playoffs, depending on who the Nuggets face, let's say they face the Mavericks. Well, the Mavericks have Seth Curry, and if Seth Curry is going to be on the floor, if he's going to guard Jamal Murray in any stretch of the game in any stretch of that time, it would make a lot of sense if Murray took Seth Curry into the post 
and posted him up because Curry is smaller. Uh, there are other teams like that, the Blazers, not the Blazers, uh, they won't play the Blazers, but if he went into the post against Donovan Mitchell of the Jazz, or if he posted up uh, one of the Rockets guards maybe, uh, maybe Chris Paul, maybe uh, like the, or Dennis Schroeder would be another good example there in a playoff matchup. So I wonder if this is going to be just an aberration, something that we don't really see a lot of, or if it's something that we could expect more of from Murray because he's clearly been effective with it, and you want to see him continue to explore that if he's going to be that good. LeBron and Anthony Davis were pretty good today. They were bordering on great, but not really. Uh, it was kind of interesting. I thought Denver defended them pretty reasonably well. LeBron went, he had 29 points and 12 assists, so on its face, he, he looks pretty good. He only had one rebound, though. Things looked a little bit disjointed from him. Uh, he was 9 of 21 from the field and 5 of 11 from 3. Nuggets did a good job of walling off the paint a lot of that time. And in the first three quarters, you can give a lot of that credit to Torrey Craig. Craig was great. He was really good as a defender in this game. Uh, made James work for a lot of those baskets. And when he was able to get a full head of steam, it's still hard to stop LeBron, don't get me wrong. But Craig did a really good job of preventing LeBron from doing that. He was hounding him all up and down the floor. Uh, did a good job of staying in between him and the basket. And made him settle for a lot of threes. And LeBron hit them tonight. He hit 45% of his threes tonight. That's probably not going to happen going forward. He he just isn't that level of shooter anymore. And the, the Lakers got kind of lucky that he hit as many of the shots as he did. So I was really impressed with the way that they defended LeBron. And this was without Jeremy Grant, who I think is Denver's best chance defending LeBron James in a playoff series. So... Really interesting to see there. In addition, Michael Porter Jr. was also reasonably good in that role. Uh, kind of a secondary defender against LeBron. Somebody that if he got switched onto him, he wasn't going to be immediately blown by. Uh, Porter did get caught with his hand in the cookie jar a couple times. And LeBron got his, his way to the free throw line a lot. So did Anthony Davis. But uh, that's just going to happen against the Lakers. The Lakers are going to get the calls and the Nuggets are not. That's, that's just something the Nuggets are going to have to live with. But yeah, Davis, he started this game really well. Um, he finished with 27 points on 9 of 15 shooting, 9 of 12 from the free throw line, but he was worse in the second half. Uh, I thought the Nuggets did a good job, especially Millsap, in that second half of, of making him start to take some more difficult shots. Jokic did the same thing. Uh, Bull Bull came in and, and I thought did a pretty decent job. Mason Plumley did a decent job in the second half, not the first half. Um, if Denver is going to beat the Lakers, they have to make sure that those guys aren't both playing A-plus basketball. At this point, I think if you can get those guys, if you can get one of them to have an off night, then I think you have a really good chance of beating the Lakers. If both of them go off, and then you also let Kyle Kuzma score 25, then it's going to be really difficult. The Nuggets had a 136 offensive rating tonight, and they still lost. Now, some of that comes down to not having the starters back out there, but the bench was playing really well in their stead, so there is something to be said there. Uh, we'll get to them in just a bit. But the Lakers are, they are dynamic against uh, the Nuggets in a lot of different ways. Davis being the, the high 
acrobatic threat that he is. He goes above the rim. He had several putback dunks and rebounds today that were very impressive. Only two defensive rebounds, so that's not really part of his game. The Nuggets need to crash the offensive glass next time with a little bit more reckless abandon, I think. But I thought the Nuggets overall did a pretty good job against those guys, and it gave them a chance to win. And if the starters had come back in, I think they actually have a really good shot there. Let's talk about the bench now, because the bench was really good. They were on full display for a lot of the second half. Basically, 15, 18 straight minutes for in a, in a lot of different cases. And Mason Plumlee, I thought he really struggled in the first half. Didn't look very good. But he came to play in the second half and did a really nice job of orchestrating the offense. He was efficient. He didn't turn the ball over. He made a nice read on a defensive play. He got a, got a nice steal. Uh, refs waved off the, the basket that he dished off the bull bull, but that's the refs for you in this game. Um, I thought Monte Morris and P.J. Dozier both looked great. Uh, P.J. Dozier especially. That dude just continues to impress me a lot. He still has, he's still raw. He still has a lot of issues. Don't get me wrong. Like He's not going to be perfect. I don't think he's as good as Monte Morris right now. But he provides a different dimension. He's very athletic. He's very agile. Has a lot of great movement strengths. And he's still a great passer. He has a lot of great vision. And the way that he can find the passes in a lot of these cases at six foot six, six seven, very impressive. And I think that's going to help the Nuggets going forward. It may not help them in the playoffs this year, but I think he's going to be a part of the rotation next season. I really do. Uh, Morris and Dozier playing together, I think as long as those guys can shoot the three ball well enough, I think that's a really good look. Uh, Dozier's kind of reminiscent of Will Barton in a lot of ways, where he's athletic, he can kind of uh, slinky his way into the into the lane and, and find the seams, and he's athletic and just moves very well. Uh, the drop-off passes look pretty nice. Um, I really do think that that's a look that the Nuggets could give, if not now, then in the future. Bull Bull also looked really good. Uh, looked a little bit overmatched physically, of course. Michael Malone made a point to say that in the post-game presser. Uh, but Dwight Howard, he's he's very strong. Uh, it's unsurprising. Marcus Moore, or Markeith Morris is built like a truck as well. Anthony Davis is very strong. JaVale McGee is big. Uh, LeBron James is very big. So this is a team that it would not be a surprise if Bull Bull struggled against. But he did make some impressive plays. He had a nice three ball over Deion Waiters, who thought he was close enough. But Bull Bull is 7-2, and he can shoot over anybody. And the highlight of the night for the Nuggets was this baseball pass that Bull Bull whipped off the dribble almost 90 feet down to Mason Plumley for an easy layup. It was very impressive. Uh, Bull Bull just continues to flash these skills that are extraordinary, especially for somebody his size. He, he has great ball skills. He has great uh, handle and athleticism and coordination for his size. I really do think that he's going to be a great piece, whether it's for Denver, whether it's for somebody else. I do. I just think that he has the skill set and some of the it factor and confidence factor that you need from that position to really make an impact. So he just keeps finding ways to make plays, and that's always going to be helpful. Uh, finished with eight points, five rebounds, two assists, and a block tonight. 
Uh, really good stuff from him. And lastly, Keita Bates-Diop, he was good too. Uh, he didn't hit the three ball well, but he did make one in the pressure cooker. Uh, had some nice cuts, rebounded well, defended well, I thought. And he just kind of fits as that fifth guy in a lineup. It's not perfect, but he's the right size for it. Uh, especially in this lineup, I thought he fit really well because on nights when he shoots well, he's going to get a lot of good looks. But he can defend the opposing team's six foot eight guy, and that, that really helps in a lineup like this. It frees up Monte Morris and PJ Dozier and Bull Bull and guys like that. Those guys will have more of an opportunity in different places, and they can impact the offensive end of the floor a little bit more because of what Keita Bates Diop can do. He had a really nice cut off of a Nikola Jokic pass that I thought was very impressive, showcased his feel for cutting as well as Jokic's feel for finding any cutter anywhere. Um, he will be a contributor. I, I feel very confident in saying that as well. He's one of the only Nuggets that's under contract off the bench next season. And I think that at 6'8", there's a role for him. It may not be as a high-minute guy, but I think that he can do a nice job of being a complimentary forward wherever he is. Okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, going to do a little bit more breakdown of Jokic, Murray, and Porter specifically. think those guys had an interesting game. Uh, lots of good signs for sure. We will be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. back nuggets numbers ryan blackburn here going solo today to talk about the lakers win over the nuggets that didn't really feel like a win because despite the fact that the nuggets lost they played their second and sometimes in some cases third string and were competing with the lakers starting unit down the stretch they were going blow for blow was really impressed with monte morris and pj dozier in that situation hitting some cold-blooded threes uh making some plays, Mason Plumley creating a lot of good shots. I talked about the bench in the first segment, though, so want to move to the second segment. Really start talking about the stars. Let's talk about Porter. He went 6 of 6 tonight. 3 of 3 from the three-point line. Had 15 points, 4 rebounds. One incredible assist, I think, to Paul Millsap, who was really like doing a nice slip screen in the lane, but... I thought it was more interesting that Porter actually got the opportunity to handle the ball a little bit, uh, didn't screw it up, made made sure that he was good with it. He did have four turnovers tonight. Some of those were a little bit eh. Uh, some of them, like, I know, I know one specifically was just an unlucky turnover that Malone's got to live with, that the Nuggets have to live with, and it'll be fine. Um, but Porter making a play off the dribble tonight for somebody else, that was a good sign. Uh, growth, growth for sure. Um, but the shooting, 6 of 6, 
three of three from the three-point line. I really wish he had taken more shots, and it's not on him entirely. It's not on the Nuggets and Malone entirely. It's not on Jokic and Murray entirely, who also had good offense going and deserved to get some good shots for sure. Uh, Paul Millsap was five of seven. Porter was six of six. Craig was three of eight. That's probably where you can get some extra shots, but uh, even still, Craig has to hit some of those threes. He has to keep the defense honest for sure. Uh, Jokic was four of seven, two of two from three. Murray was six of ten, zero of two from three, but we'll get to him too. Um, I think you got to find a way to get Porter more shots, especially when he hasn't missed. This Nuggets team doesn't do a great job of getting Porter integrated within the flow of the offense. And they do a poor job, other than the couple of plays that they call for him, in getting him involved in the primary action. They run a couple of plays for him. One is called C-Corner. Uh, they get him a shot at the rim by using Murray as a back screener, by using guards as a back screener. Uh, Adam Aris has gone over this ad nauseum. He, he has a great handle on that situation, on that play call. Uh, it's a great play call for Porter. It gets him a shot at the rim more often than not. They also run the 1-3 pick and roll with Monte Morris off the bench that basically turns into an isolation look. Uh, they also run him on staggered screens from the corner. They didn't run that tonight, and I don't think they ran the isolation for him tonight. But on a night where you go 6-of-6, six six, you want to see somebody like that just see if they can keep it going, just see if they can get hot see if they can carry the offense a little bit. And if they start missing, then great. Go back into the normal flow of the offense. Understandably, like, he's a rookie. Like, you don't you don't want to overbear him immediately, but you also want to push him and see what he can do. Um, I would have liked to see, I, I, I still want to see them come up with a play that he can flash to the top of the key, come off of a screen at the top of the key or the wing. Maybe they set a cross screen on the baseline to get him a post touch, a lot like they used to do with Jokic. Um, they still do that for Jokic sometimes, but not as frequently. A lot of times they, they have the wedge screen action, which comes from across the, the top of the lane as opposed to the baseline. Um, but there are a lot of different ways to get Porter a shot. And I hope the Nuggets continue to be creative with that because it looks like, given the way that Michael Malone is talking about how Will Barton and Gary Harris, you don't want to wait for them on the injury train, you got to integrate Porter. You got to come up with different sets for him specifically where he can get shots that aren't just the couple of pet plays that you have. Because the playoffs are coming, and there are going to be a lot of teams that are game planning for this. And if Porter, as a rookie, only has a couple of options that he can go to, that the Nuggets can go to, teams are going to find that, teams are going to figure that out, and the Nuggets are going to be easily defended because of it. They need to have other actions that can get him some looks, and they might be saving those. They might be holding off on those and saying, hey, we're not going to debut this until the playoffs because we don't want it to be guarded against, we don't want teams to game plan for it. But we just haven't seen that yet in the regular season, in the seeding games, and I hope it comes to fruition. I think that Jokic would be very happy if Porter was taking more shots. Um, 
I think that I'd like to see Murray and Porter interact on one of these plays a little bit more. I'd like to see them run the 1-3 pick and roll a little bit. We haven't seen that yet. But I'd like to see it. We'll, we'll see if it ever comes around. With Jokic specifically in this matchup, I think he just struggles with Davis and the some of the quick moves that he likes to use against Rudy Gobert, against Joel Embiid, against other bigger centers, Steven Adams maybe. Uh, some of those quick moves don't, don't do as well against Anthony Davis because he's not a true center. He's almost a power forward. He's got the athleticism of a small forward. Moves really well, has great length, athleticism, and timing um, that other guys just don't have. So some of the plays that Jokic likes to have and, and some of the moves that he likes to use, he doesn't get as open against AD. He didn't go at him a ton tonight, and for good reason. You don't want him to to openly attack him when you've got Jokic and when you've got Porter and, and Murray and uh, Millsap shooting it well, and Craig's cutting well off ball. You don't want to go completely at somebody and ignore all of that. But the Nuggets are going to need it at some point. They're going to need it in a fourth quarter. Jokic has proven he can do that against the Jazz, against Gobert. The last step is against Anthony Davis. I hope he can get to that level. I think he's been preparing for that. He knows that that's something that could happen, and he wants to be impactful there. However, I don't think we saw it today. I think there's a chance that we do see it, but I'm still a little bit concerned about that particular matchup, which is why Porter and Murray are so important in this discussion. The Lakers clearly didn't have anybody that could guard Murray tonight. They sent a lot of help at him. They switched Anthony Davis and, and LeBron James and Dwight Howard and, and JaVale McGee onto him a lot of times, made sure that he didn't get a full steam. Uh, shot to the rim. When they gave him single coverage against Danny Green, Murray did really well to to get to the spots that he needed to get to, and I thought he played very well. Um, I think that Murray is going to be integral in a series against the Lakers. As a dribble creator against a team that has Anthony Davis and JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard at the rim, you want a guy especially a point guard who can pull up from anywhere. Um, the Lakers, their, their primary point guard defender this year was Avery Bradley, and Bradley is going to be out. He's not coming to the bubble. He, he chose not to. Um, Cantavius Caldwell-Pope would be another guy that that's, has a lot of length and athleticism that could really guard him, but he was dealing with an ankle injury tonight. He'll probably be back for any playoff series, so keep that in mind. Alex Caruso got his opportunity against Murray, and the Lakers decided to switch that matchup. When when Jokic and Murray ran their two-man game, ran their pick and roll, they, they decided to go switch, and they switched Caruso onto Jokic and Davis onto Murray when that action occurred. And I don't think that Jokic attacked it very well. I don't think the Nuggets were very prepared for it, but they're going to have to come up with different ways that they can attack that. Uh, Caruso's a very smart defender, and he he's proven that over and over again against the Nuggets. So we're going to see what happens there. Um, but then you've got Porter, and he's just a mismatch weapon from everywhere. He's a guy who can shoot from contested shots, uh, long distance, short distance. He can get all the way to the rim, rebounds well. Uh, 
he just feels like a guy that the Nuggets are going to put out there in a crunch time lineup, and they're going to say, okay, Jokic, we're going to run the Murray-Jokic pick and roll. We're going to run that two-man game. But if that doesn't work, then we're going to pivot over to this other mismatch weapon and see what we can do. I don't think the Lakers had a good uh, situation for him. They tried to use LeBron on him sometimes. That wasn't really great. They tried to use Kuzma on him at times. That definitely wasn't great. Uh, I wonder if Anthony Davis guards Michael Porter Jr. at some point. Because I think that's probably the way that they're going to go. And then they would play two bigs. And they would go with Dwight Howard on Nikola Jokic. Uh, But I don't know. Maybe they'll go Kuzma. Maybe they'll go KCP. Maybe they just don't have an answer. And they're going to go with LeBron and see if he can stop him for a quarter. But Porter clearly looked like he was up for the challenge today. He shot a three multiple times in LeBron's grill. uh, Hit every shot that he took. Was very confident. Looked like the part. Uh, I would love to see what he can do if given 15 to 20 shots against this team. I think he could go for 35. All right, let's take another break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the playoff seating. We're going to talk about some TNT news that came out during the broadcast today. And we'll be right back. Final segment here, Nuggets Numbers with Ryan Blackburn. We got some some news on the TNT broadcast tonight. It appears that the Nuggets are going to try and play Gary Harris and Will Barton in their last seeding game. That's coming against the Raptors on Friday. Uh, Those reinforcements are going to be huge. That is a big deal. Uh, Will Barton, starter, definite starter. Gary Harris, best perimeter defender on the team. I don't think that's any question. Uh, He's very important. Both of them are very important, especially at their ceilings. Both of those guys can be extremely impactful for the Nuggets in different situations. Maybe not necessarily against the Lakers or the Clippers in a lot of these situations, but they're going to be impactful nonetheless. Uh, Especially in a first-round playoff series, those guys could really be the difference. But something that Malone said in that the Nuggets, they kind of have to just power through. Uh, They can't wait around for those guys to heal because the playoffs are not going to wait for the Nuggets. He said that today after the the postgame, or in the postgame media. And I thought that that was pretty enlightening. To me, that says that the Nuggets are going to go forward with the group that they have. It would not surprise me if your playoff starters were Murray, Craig, Porter, Millsap, Jokic. You've got two quality defenders out there in Craig and Millsap. Though I think we have to have a discussion about Millsap at some point. You have three incredible offensive weapons in Murray, Porter, and Jokic that can impact the game in different ways. We saw all three of them really have a strong impact in this game against the Lakers. None of them were stopped outright. All three of them got to specific places that they wanted to get to. And the game was close when they, were, when they went out. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how the Nuggets decide to integrate Harris and Barton back into this thing. My guess, if you give give Malone truth serum, I think that the seeding discussion is going to play a lot 
into the into what he does over the course of the next two games. So let's talk about that seeding discussion. Right now, I'm going to run through the standings real quick. The Lakers are at one. They're penciled in there. They're locked in. The Clippers are at two with two games to go. The Nuggets are at three with two games to go. The Rockets are at four with three games to go. They can catch the Nuggets if the Nuggets lose another game. If the Nuggets win both of their games, they are guaranteed at least a top three seed. If the Clippers lose their game against the Nuggets on Wednesday and then the other game that they play against the OKC Thunder uh, the following Friday, I'm pretty sure, if they lose on Wednesday and on Friday, they drop. They could technically drop to four, which I think is very interesting. Um, if the Nuggets win against the Clippers and against the, uh, and against the Raptors on Friday, they're guaranteed a top three seed. Just remember that. They're also guaranteed a top three seed with one win and a Rockets loss. So t- tonight, Tuesday night, the Rockets are going to play against the Indiana Pacers, I'm pretty sure. Let me just confirm that real quick. No, they're, oh, they're playing against the San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs are fighting for their playoff lives. This is something that I think is really interesting because the Rockets... They have a lot of good personnel for a lot of different teams. The Spurs, they've been playing some interesting basketball with four guards surrounding Jakob Pertl. Uh, they may even play Rudy Gay at center against the Rockets this time around. And the interesting thing about the Spurs is that they have good defensive guards that can guard one-on-one. DeJounte Murray, Derek White... Uh, Lonnie Walker is athletic, at least. DeMar DeRozan is smart. They know how to play. I'm going to be interested in seeing whether the Spurs can pull an upset, because if they pull an upset against the Rockets, I think the Nuggets go hard against the Clippers, and then they rest all of their guys against the Raptors on Friday. If they win against the Clippers on Wednesday, and they and the Rockets lose tomorrow or Tuesday night, that's what I think. I think that that will be the game that the Nuggets decide to go hard. They'll try and get a win. Uh, Jokic will play 35 minutes, 40 minutes if he has to. Uh, Same with Porter. Um, I don't know what the Clippers are going to do. I assume that they're going to play everybody. Uh, They might not, though. We'll see. Uh, They've been really good in this bubble as well. I don't know. There's just so many scenarios right now for this Nuggets team. Let's run through the rest of the seedings. Right now, the Thunder are at 5, the Jazz are at 6, the Mavericks are at 7, and then there's the 8, 9, 10, 11 scrum that's, that's still playing around a little bit. Um, the Thunder at 5, they have... Uh, let's check this real quick. Uh, I want to make sure that I get this right so that everybody can... Everybody can hear this for real and understand that they have... Uh, they have two more games. They have a game against Miami on Wednesday and a game against the Clippers on Friday. They rested a bunch of people. The Thunder rested a bunch of people. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, So many of these teams have been resting players at different times. Uh, The Thunder have been resting. The the Jazz have been resting. The Mavericks rested both Doncic and Porzingis last game. Um, 
all of these teams are trying to manipulate the seeding so that they don't face certain teams. Most of the time it's the Rockets for some reason, despite the fact that I don't think the Rockets are all that dangerous. Teams are trying to go face the Nuggets again. Uh, I can understand that from the Jazz perspective, because they've come up against the Rockets a number of times. But for the Thunder, for the Mavs, I don't know if those teams are... I don't know if the Rockets are a better or a worse matchup for those teams than the Nuggets are. We're going to see, though. I'm really intrigued by by what happens over the course of these next few games because I have no idea what's going to happen. All I know is that the Nuggets clinch a three seed with two more wins, if that's what they want. It's very possible that given the way that they played the Lakers today, that that's not what they want. That they would rather face the Lakers in the second round, if anything, as long as they get to face the Jazz or the Thunder in round one. Those are the two teams that I think they would target. I think they would rather avoid the Mavs and the Rockets, just because Doncic and and Harden are very, very good. Um, But I don't know. I think that the Nuggets rested their players down the stretch of this Lakers game because they needed rest, not necessarily to manipulate seeding. I don't know if they care about their first-round opponent. It's, I think it's actually closer than a lot of people realize. Um, because of how many different scenarios play out, you would think that the Nuggets would wait until the end of the, the seeding games to really decide whether to rest their players or not. But that's not what they're doing. That's not what a lot of these teams are doing. They're taking rest whenever they can, and it's very frequent. And It means I have no idea what teams are trying to go for, what their, really, what their motivations truly are, For the Nuggets, they have Murray. He's looking healthy. They have Porter. He looks great. They have Jokic. He looks great, of course. Jeremy Grant, once he comes back, will be good. It looks like they're going to get back Gary Harris and Will Barton by the last seeding game. Don't know what they're going to look like, but the Nuggets have held them out for a significant period of time so that they can get healthy. I hope that helps them. I hope this team can come together, can figure out a way to get healthy because... There's still a long way to go. They've got two more games. Then they're playing a first-round series. If they're lucky enough, they'll move on to the second round. And I really think this Nuggets team can compete with anybody right now. Porter has just added such a different dynamic to this group that has made things so much more interesting to cover overall. You never know what's going to happen with this group. The defense is probably not going to be good. You probably know that. But the offense is just absurd. So many different ways that this team can attack the opposition. Jokic feeds off of it. Murray feeds off of it. Porter is the is sometimes the spark of it. That's been great. But overall, I think this team did a really good job against the Lakers tonight. I think they got exactly what they wanted out of this matchup, all the way down to resting their players and seeing the bench be very, very competitive. The Nuggets are going to have some choices with their rotation. It's not a guarantee that Gary Harris and Will Barton are going to be back in there. They might be. They probably will be. But the way that P.J. Dozier played tonight, uh, Monte Morris is playing very well. Torrey Craig is essential on defense in a lot of different ways. Jeremy Grant is going to come back as well. I don't know who's going to play between Gary Harris and Will Barton. They both might. They both might not. But there are so many more questions, so many more storylines. Looking forward to covering it all. That's going to do it for this episode of Nuggets Numbers. 
Going to check in with you guys on Wednesday night after the Nuggets face the Clippers. Think that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to see what happens with that particular game. I wrote a stat of the week on Michael Porter Jr. on Denver Stiffs on Monday. It went up around midday. It was really good. I, I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you haven't if you haven't taken a look, go check it out. Lots of good nuggets in there. Lots of good numbers in there. Um, Porter has done a great job of really filling the gaps that this team needed at exactly the right time. And because of that, the Nuggets are in a really good position. I think they can beat anybody. That's going to do it for this episode, and I'll talk to you guys Wednesday night. <laughs>